0: This week on The Curious here, we're coming to you from the city of Kobe on the other side of the world. It's in Japan, which a country that I have recently moved to. And this is one of my first events to attend here in the city of Kobe. It's actually the highlight of the calendar year and what locals refer to as the Cathedral of Light. It's known internationally as the Luminary Festival. I'll try my best to describe what I'm seeing here in front of you, but to be honest, it really does take your breath away. What you have is a series of amazingly and ornately decorated arches, which go from one side of the street over to the other. So you have this beautiful tunnel of light leading down to a series of light sculptures at the very end. And it's quite long, I mean, it's about a 10 or 15 minute walk. There could be about 60 or 70s of these giant arches, which are probably about three storeys tall in height. The colours are just amazingly festive. Green, gold, red, blue.
1: So Minaria had started in the year of the earthquake in the Pope. And it was for rebuilding the city as well as to calm the people's feelings. In
0: 1995, the city of Kobe was literally torn apart when an earthquake struck the city, leaving 6,500 people dead.
1: It's a memorial to remind people not to forget the earthquake and how we helped each other.
0: Looking at Kobe now, it's... Really, really hard to imagine what it must have been like the night of that big earthquake 16 years ago. I mean, we remember the pictures of the Twisted Motorway, which was the Hanshin Expressway, that just lying on its side. But for most of the people walking past me, and their faces are filled with smiles, and as I say, is a very festive feeling to the whole experience. Their memories are far more personal and far more vivid. And in some places, you can see people just taking a a quiet moment to reflect on what this means to them and maybe to somebody
2: that they lost that fateful night. I remember waking up and I thought it was a jumbo jet had just crashed into our back garden or something, you know. Andy Stoneham, originally from Kent in England, but living in Kobe for the last 22 years. My son was in the next room. What age is your son? He must have been about nine or ten. I slid open the sliding door, and then I could see in the shadows this metal shelving which I had. So the whole of this double shelf was twisting like this with all the heavy books on and falling forward over my son's face. So my son had just woken up at that stage realising something's going on, and I pulled him just as the damn thing crashed down, that set of shelving. I know I saved his life at that point there. And then I just got my wife. The television had already fallen from, you know, luckily we sat up, otherwise it would have been on our heads. We moved into a corner, we huddled for a few seconds, and then I tried to get the kitchen table, but table was going up and down like this as well, so I couldn't even get under the table, because the table overturned, and the floor, Started moving from an up and downward motion. Suddenly, it came from the side as well. So that it was like being shaken up in a bottle. Stood there and we shouted out. Well, I shouted out, "God, stop this! Stop this!" You know, and he did. <laughs> the funny thing is, it he, he, he actually stopped, and it was just quiet for a few minutes. You know.
0: What were the sounds that you were hearing at this stage?
2: There's a few people shouting, calling neighbours, but most people were getting into the park, you know. One lady at the far end where the exit steps were for me to get out from this building, she had her door open and she'd already started to clear up the mess with a brush. (laughs) She was there and I walked past and I said, and we said, said, uh, we're going to the park, you know. But she just carried on. As we walk through the little narrow street, every house is down on the other side. The smell of gas, it's unbelievable. And actually, I noticed the colour of the sky. Never seen such a strange sky. It's almost purple. And as we walked through, maybe, you know, just the width of one foot, one foot width is all you had to walk and very carefully going past and to get through because all the debris, everything had just spread across the road, yeah. I managed to find a, like a ski suit. That was pretty warm. And for eight weeks, I wore a ski suit without a bath. You know, it was absolutely incredible and- Eight weeks? Yes, eight weeks without a bath. I lived in the park, you know, I was like really homeless, yeah. And actually, I feel God was good to us, yeah. I mean, we, we survived, yeah.
0: Okay, so we've managed to grab a quiet corner, probably one of the few quiet corners because as much as this is an event which assaults the eyes, it's also one that assaults the ears. (laughs) Literally, speakers coming out of every single tree, every 10 or 15 feet. I think you can just hear it in the background. There is a bell ringing. There's a huge queue just off in the distance where people are queuing up to ring a bell. And that bell is in honour of an even greater earthquake which took place up north in the Tohoku region in Fukushima on March the 11th.
1: I was working that day in a school with 10- or 11-year-old kids. John Gunning, from Roscommon in Ireland, but now living in Tokyo. Most earthquakes gradually build up. You feel the P wave, which, you know, precedes the main earthquake as a kind of like dizzy or lightheadedness seconds before the earthquake happens. But this one, it just happened suddenly, and everything moved and everything fell down. I thought that was the end. I thought the building was coming down. And then, you know, we turned on the TV and we saw the, you know, the waves sweeping over the fields in Iwate and Sendai and houses and everything just being swept away. And you can't even describe the feeling of it. Like places that you've been a few hundred miles up the road, this is happening. And it's worse than any disaster movie that you've ever seen on TV or anything, you know. It was really, really shocking. I don't want to say it was normal Quickly, obviously, people were traumatized, and you know it, there was a different atmosphere. well, actually, people were much more it 's hard to believe but people were actually more polite and more considerate towards strangers in the aftermath of it. You know, you go to the supermarket and people take one liter of milk they don 't stock up they don 't hoard because there's people behind them. They were politer on the trains. everything was really good in a certain strange way that moment was what solidified you know my love of japan completely and my respect and just admiration for japan and japanese people that in in a disaster in a huge disaster there was a real sense of you know we're together and you know let's help each other
0: yasuko toremachi was also in tokyo at that time as you'll hear, it's really not what she says because her English isn't a hundred percent. But it's it's really what she doesn't say that I found most powerful. How can I describe? Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah, terrible time. Yeah, train all stopped, and uh, I I ride a bicycle to my home. But so many thousands of people walking to their home and the road was, you know, full of cars and it didn't move at all because so many cars and uh, no water in the stores and uh, many people were afraid what's happening right now and uh, next day Fukushima plant exploded so I thought, oh, it's the end. <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah. We're down at the end of the promenade. And here in front of me is the highlight of the Luminary Festival. It's basically the shell of a church, even inside a little altar. So it's, it's, it's really rather amazing and magical and completely beautiful. This year's Luminary is a really special event in that I suppose it's, it's not only trying to give hope to the citizens of Kobe and for those who, who survived the quake and who managed to reconstruct the city but It's also giving solidarity to the friends and the family and the thousands of people whose lives were taken in March. So while there is a festive air at the moment, there's still a very sombre air because I think people are very, very, very conscious that while they go around drinking hot, tasty drinks and eating festive foods, that up north there is thousands upon thousands of people who are just still trying to eke out an existence and the countless evacuation shelters so the bell tolls on